Well, it's really a beautiful thing. Um, I have to say this is probably the most meaningful use case of technology I've ever been involved in in my life. And it was a pretty harebrained idea, to be honest with you, when we started this company in 2016 that, you know, virtual reality was going to be uh, something useful for older adults. And I think uh, our expectations have, have blown wide open uh, on this field in our application because um, it's really helping a, a, a wide spectrum of use cases with aging adults. So, yes, when we think about uh, calming, meditative type content, it's a great way to focus the mind um, and, to, and to get centered. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I speak with fascinating people from all over the world, from every walk of life, who will inspire you to live with zest. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, and my mission is to bring you optimism about aging and help you make full use of the new opportunities that only come at this stage of life. To find out more about the podcast, hop on over to ZestfulAging.com. And while you're there, sign up for my weekly email newsletter, The Insider, where you will get fun and quirky tidbits about the show and my exploits, including when I went python hunting in Florida and my participation in the National Senior Games. And if you love the podcast, I'd be grateful if you shared it with your friends. Our music is courtesy of Judy Banker, who was a previous guest on the show. Find out more at judybanker.com. And our technical director is Stephen Litweiler. Well, one of the challenges of older adults is getting enough stimulation. And to make things worse, we're all aware that COVID increased isolation, loneliness, and depression among elders and among everybody else. My guest today has co-founded a company that's mission is to keep older adults engaged and active and having new experiences. So um, enter virtual reality. We're going to hear how exposing older people to virtual reality is a life changer. Wait until you hear how cool this is. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Chris Brickler. Hi, thanks, Nicole. Great to be here. I'm really excited to talk to you because I know just a little bit about this. I'm really excited to find out more. Um, I did some research on your work and it looks like you're having some really significant positive uh, benefits uh, come out of this technology. But first, can you, can you tell us how you got interested in virtual reality to begin with? Well, yeah, sure. I saw VR for the first time in 2015, um, not too dissimilar from the time I saw the first uh, graphical user interface on the internet in 1992. Uh, when I saw that internet change from text to graphics, I saw a world that was going to be a lot different. Uh, so I spent the entire decade of the 90s building the foundation of the internet in, in America and then with British Telecom in, in Europe. And um, always have been on the front end of technology as it relates to internet. Well, when I 
fast forward to 2015, I had a good friend that was um, part of the acquisition at Facebook when they acquired a company called Oculus. Um, and he gave me an inside track to this new idea of a visual, a 360 immersive visual web environment, basically. And when I saw that, my feelings were very similar uh, almost identical to my feelings in 1992 that this was a technology that was going to be uh, changing and disrupting every aspect to our lives, our business, our education, uh, the way kids are going to grow up. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a revolutionary technology that is uh, pretty amazing. So uh, at that time, I I saw VR and I wasn't interested in gaming uh, at all, although I do respect. The ideas of gaming and how games are created and all the fascinating science behind games, I immediately saw how the gamification of this VR could easily turn into a healthcare uh, initiative. And mm. Um, mm. my co-founder in Texas, uh, a gentleman by the name of Sean Wyora, he was uh, working with a large chain of senior living operators in Texas, and they were rolling out a very interesting program called Music and Memory, which was just a basic iPod. Uh, family gives uh, the caregiving staff the, the customized playlist uh, of songs that might generate some long-term uh, memory. Beautiful, yes. And, and he was just glowing about uh, <laughs> what this program was doing for the health of of these older folks, uh, many of them in, in sort of dementia disease state. Uh, but the way that this was uh, moving neurons around in the brain was pretty fascinating to him and, and certainly fascinating to me. And then at that time, that was right after I had started seeing the sort of future of VR. And I said, well, what if we could bring that music experience into VR and create something 10 times more powerful than a iPod with a Frank Sinatra song? Uh, or you know, or a list of Frank Sinatra songs, yes. and, and and move that into the virtual space. So our very first prototype we did was we recreated a speakeasy type lounge in the 1950s, brought in 35 actors all dressed in 1950s garb, a spherical camera that shoots the entire room every direction, and then we had a band playing live Frank Sinatra type oh. songs. And the this band is blowing <laughs> my mind. This is so cool. So you basically are doing kind of a music video. That's basically what what it was. Yeah, it was a, it's a music video. But what the idea was that we could use the medium of virtual reality to teleport that 85 year old that might really love Frank Sinatra. We're teleporting them to a different time. And we're teleporting them to a place where they can enjoy this music and remember this music. And and uh, after trying that prototype out uh, in the early days in 2017 timeframe, it was clear that uh, VR was going to have a major impact on the health of our aging population, uh, not just in music, although that is our love and sort of foundation, but all across the spectrum of uh, ways to ways to engage. Uh, the aging mind. It's it's really a beautiful technology for that it's process. So, it's so cool. So if you could just, let's just uh, go back and fill in some of the blanks here. For those uh, listeners who are not familiar with this, Chris, talk about the hardware and the setup and the basics. Well, yeah. So it's really interesting time frame as well. A lot of people have heard about virtual reality. Um, coming into the mix in terms of a consumer product, uh, Oculus 
and Facebook have, have done a, a, a great job of building awareness for this uh, next wave of virtual reality. Um, where, where we like to focus uh, is not on the consumer gaming for the 21-year-old or 16-year-old. Um, you know, we, we've refined the virtual reality experience to, and control the experience to where when a, uh, an older adult would enter our mind VR environment, it's not overwhelming. It's calming. It's a, it's intentional. And that requires uh, hardware. That requires software. Um, and in many cases, we provide a tablet that allows a caregiver to essentially drive the VR experience for someone that might not be able to drive it themselves. So we make it very easy. Uh, we've got a partnership on the hardware side of things with uh, HTC Vive. They're one of the largest VR companies in the world. Um, we have been working with them over the last couple of years to really uh, miniaturize uh, the headset technology. So most people out there have probably seen this product called Oculus, you know, at Best Buy or online. Their okay. kids might Their kids might have it. You know, it's really designed for kids. Um, what what we're seeing uh, with HTC though is this miniaturization. So we've now got a, a a new headset that we're launching that weighs 189 grams. That's the weight of the of a of a cup of coffee, and it and it doesn't have a head strap on top. So it it, it just looks like glasses. And for an older person, you know, this is much more accessible. And that's that's one of the things that I, I'd like to communicate is that we're trying to make VR very accessible and lightweight headsets. So it's very easy to enter into these calming experiences. Wow, <laughs> is what I say. So, <clears throat> you know, we talked off mic about how I'm so interested in uh, psychological impact, the emotional impact. Can you talk about what what caregivers are seeing as a result of using this VR uh, product, what's 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 happening with folks that are are engaging in this? Well, it's really a beautiful thing. Um, I have to say, this is probably the most meaningful use case of technology I've ever been involved in in my life. And it was a pretty harebrained idea, to be honest with you, when we started this company in 2016, that you know virtual reality was going to be uh, something useful for older adults. And I think uh, our expectations have, have blown wide open uh, on this field in our application because um, it's really helping a, a, a wide spectrum of use cases with aging adults. So yes, when we think about uh, calming, meditative type content, it's a great way to focus the mind um, and, to, and to get centered. So I understand that there's some really significant benefits to this, um, and I know even that you are uh, doing some work with the Stanford Longevity Center. Tell me what, what some of the benefits are to people who are engaging in these systems. Well, we're starting to see a lot of benefits, far more than we ever expected. Um, we're actually doing a big study right now, one of the largest studies ever done in VR and aging with Stanford University, um, run by Jeremy Bayleson, who's uh, who's just a recognized world leader in, in VR. And what they're looking at is how this is really improving the mood structure of, uh, of individuals um, before, after VR. We're also looking at the improvement uh, in the relationship between the caregiver and that older adult. 
And that's a really beautiful thing we've seen. We didn't expect that to be so powerful, to be honest with you, Nicole. Um, when we think about the the increase in communication that we drive with VR, well, we didn't realize what an impact that was going to have with the relationship with the caregiver. Because now the caregiver is learning a lot about this person as they're talking, and it's inspiring socialization, right? And and that's really important as uh, as we look at aging care. Um, Obviously, VR is great for reducing stress, reducing anxiety. We see a lot of use cases uh, in older adults that are in physical therapy, for instance. And that makes people uh, sometimes quite anxious uh, to where they don't go to therapy. They don't do the required exercises necessary for the full re recovery of a si situation. And what we're finding with VR is that is uh, uh, reducing anxiety uh, before the therapy sessions um, and also we're using VR in therapy now, so we can start to assist in the occupational therapy and physical therapy uh, areas of care. And that that's just a, a beautiful evolution of the technology. Mm -hmm. I heard a story, Chris, and uh, it, it almost brought me to tears. We were at the same conference many years ago, and I heard the story, maybe you can tell me more about it, that there is a program that brings people back to their childhood neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. Do you, yeah. am, I, am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, you, you are. Um, we've launched a feature uh, that's called Mind Explorer. And we've partnered with Google on this to basically tap into, you know, Google street level maps. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just really cool because we allow the caregiver and that senior um, to go on trips together and yeah you any, anywhere is possible uh the chapel that that person might have got married in oh. is you know uh their their high school uh all these things unlock these long-term memories and we know uh, in dementia care specifically vr has a, enormous uh, benefits and we've seen this over and over yeah, it, it's it's tremendous. I mean, it's like it's only limited by your imagination. When you said you could go back to high school, I thought, ew, <laughs> who wants to do that? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but you could, I mean, I'm just trying to imagine, you know, like the choices and how, how, I, I, I'm just, you know, I haven't yeah. seen people do it, but I can imagine that they would just come alive. That, that's exactly right. I was with a couple in New Jersey uh, right before the pandemic, and I was with uh, – they've been married for 50 years. They were both in a senior living community. Uh, she was fairly far down the spectrum of uh, dementia, and he was perfectly healthy. Uh, we got him into a room together. Uh, this, probably 10 people from the staff were in there as well. And I said, you know, where, where's the where's – place on on the planet that you guys have gone to that might uh, have some emotional significance and uh the gentleman told me that um paris was where they got uh, where, where they had their honeymoon and then had subsequent family vacations it was just their favorite place all right i turned to her and i said well would you like to visit paris and she said yeah I, I'd, I'd love to um he she now she didn't remember his name at that moment she didn't remember what she had for breakfast at that moment um I was very gentle in handing her the, the glasses. Uh, we put those on. And then she, um, within literally within 10 seconds, she's like, ah, honey, there's a Notre Dame. You know, we, 
we were there oh. and then we we went over to the Louvre or we, we went, to, went around to different places in Paris and mm. and she, and she remembered everything she started talking about the names of her children um she took oh. the glass she took the glasses off after a minute and and was fully present and they were talking about their honeymoon and trips and things like that and it was I, I the whole staff we were all in tears it was just one of those moments that i'll never forget yeah. uh, as as this technology uh continues to amaze me what a gift what a gift that is Hello, all you zestful listeners. I can't wait to tell you what I've been working on in between interviewing powerhouse guests. I'm putting the final touches on my new web course about how to age with courage and vitality based on science and my 30-year experience as a psychotherapist. The course is full of super practical and doable activities, and it will help you be more optimistic about aging, just like my dogs who are wrestling right now. I cover all the hot topics such as exercise, mindset, eating, relationships, and leaving a legacy. And there are bonus interviews with the lead in nutritionist at Syracuse University and an over 55 tennis player with an immune disorder who played in the national championships in Florida. But I have one problem. I'm struggling with a name. So here are a couple I've been playing with. Zestful aging, creating a healthy mind and healthy body. Or zestful aging, creating the rest of your life. So I really need your help, listeners. If you come up with the name of the course that I choose, I will give you a shout out on the podcast, as well as list you in the credits for the course. And you'll get a t-shirt with my brand new logo that's just hot off the press. So send all your great ideas for my course to me at zestfulaging at gmail.com and I can't wait to see them. Thanks so much. Any challenges um, that come up in terms of using this technology for elders? Well, you know, the challenges are things that we're tackling on our daily basis. So I mentioned earlier the miniaturization of the technology. We're on top of that. We're driving that. The lighter weight this uh, material becomes, the more useful it is. Uh, industrial strength, medical grade uh, solutions is what we're about. So we're putting uh, our technology into healthcare settings all over the country and Australia and Canada. It's mm -hmm. it's it's really exciting. But but that means that you have to have very sophisticated technology that's easy to use in the in the field and I think I think we're accomplishing that that is a challenge but we're accomplishing that um, the other big challenge is really working the technology into the regulatory the flow of reimbursement um, mm -hmm. to make it more accessible so MindVR has been deploying this technology out to the world and it's largely been consumed by large private pay organizations and uh, some very large nonprofits and some very large for-profit organizations, but as we uh, prove as we prove the clinical efficacy, which we're doing on a daily basis at MindVR, with our with our all of our academic partnerships, um, but as we prove that 
you know, we're also moving that into the regulatory system so we can ultimately provide access to this technology to a much larger population. And, and I think that's what's exciting. Uh, and I could talk a, lo a long time about how, how the regulatory climate truly is waking up to VR therapy and how blessed we are to be in this time to be driving this. Uh, because, you know, when you look at the aging, the pending crisis as it relates to aging care, uh, in 2034, we're expected to have uh, more people that are 65 or older than 18 or younger. That's the first time in human history that's ever happened. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't have to tell, tell you that in your podcast listeners. And it's you got, never yeah. going to be reversed. That, this is a permanent that's right. trend that's all over the world. Mm -hmm. So, so the more uh, smart technology that we can invent uh, to help with this. Uh, healthcare shortage uh, in the future is going to be is going to be critical. So, so I think um, the regulatory climate is is warming up um, across the board uh, from the FDA to CMS uh, to Congress. We're supporting probably the most important legislation that's ever been uh, introduced uh, in healthcare as it relates to digital therapeutics. It's called the Access to Digital Therapeutics Act of 2022. I see. Um, it. Uh, got a great level of support this year it's going to be reintroduced excuse me it's going to be reintroduced into congress in january um mm -hmm. getting great support bipartisan support uh, on both sides of the aisle it was co-authored by senator capito in west virginia republican and a senator uh of a democrat from new hampshire and um what this is intended to do is to basically fast track uh, proven digital technologies um that's essentially uh, act as a pill, uh, but, uh, but act in the format of a software. And this is a real revolution in thinking in healthcare and how we scale uh, some of these therapies digitally. So we're super excited about this. Uh, Congress is excited. We've created an educational campaign. Your listeners could learn more about this and support this at uh, digitaltherapynow.org. And we have a petition. Okay. We have a petition on there as well if, if folks want to uh, support that, um, that we're basically trying to um, educate lawmakers on both sides of the aisle uh, how digital therapies can help with the opioid crisis and addiction, um, how these digital therapies uh, can uh, affect the way we care and treat for dementia and Alzheimer's. I mean, it, it's, it's really across the board, and we're laser-focused on VR-based digital therapeutics for the aging. I, you know, this will be, you know more about this than I do, but I can imagine that some of the lawmakers might be a little slow, depending on their experience with technology and really appreciating how um, important this can be is, even though you have the, uh, the research results, does it get frustrating to say you, you don't understand <laughs> how, how robust this is, how significant it is? Is that part of your job to try to help people understand uh, what this can bring? That's exactly right, Nicole. And that's why we've created that website, uh, digitaltherapynow.org, with some of the mm -hmm. industry leaders that we work with and also – uh, some really fantastic academic uh, partners. Um, mm -hmm. So, so that site has a video that it kind of explains in very simple terms the power 
of VR. In that case, we sh we shared um, a story with a gentleman with Parkinson's, and how uh, VR was temporarily giving him some relief to vertigo and dizziness. You know, mm. unbelievable uh, ideas here in terms of how uh, VR can affect our our thinking, our our ways of uh, communicating, and and also retraining the brain. Um, in the case of, uh, of a stroke, for instance, in an older adult, uh, many times you have to learn how to brush your teeth again, learn how to turn on the television, learn how to go to the grocery store, learn how to garden. Before you can be discharged uh, from a long-term care uh, setting uh, back to the home, you might have to develop more skills and develop those faster. And we think VR is a hell of a way to help with this process. Mm -hmm. Hi, everyone. You may have noticed that Zestful Aging Podcast does not run a lot of ads. That's because I'm just not willing to endorse products that I don't have total confidence in and that I don't use myself. So it really means something when I tell you that after I interviewed Dr. Bill Rawls on cellular health, read his books and learned about his high standards for quality control, I was sold. I placed an order for vital plant supplements immediately. I encourage you to check out both of my interviews with Dr. Bill Rawls and hop on over to vitalplan.com. If you enter Zestful 15, they will give you a 15% off of your first order. I'm really excited for you to try these products. I think you'll be very impressed. Now, back to the show. Um, I'm the obvious uh, research design would be to put someone in a scan, right? Before and after. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm betting people have done that already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the obvious, like, let's see what's happening in there. Well, uh, you know what, you... you know, what's oh, sorry, Nicole, you know, what's Go fascinating ahead. about? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Nicole, you know, what's fascinating about that is that when I came into this industry in 2016, I quickly learned that there were some predecessors before me that have been studying the healthcare benefits of VR um, for 20 years. So mm. there is a deep, deep pool of research from all over the world around VR as a therapy. And we've tapped into all the legends uh, in that uh, area that are on the advisory board now at MindVR. And we are really marching forward with um, the heritage of this industry. And now that we've got technology and these immersive glasses that are so accessible now and our software is so easy to use all these things are now coming together uh, but yes brain scans and showing how neuroplasticity can occur with virtual reality is that's is it. fascinating it's a fascinating area of science it must be i mean that sounds like how much more fun could could science be than to see things <laughs> the neurons you know um, firing in different ways or coming alive in places where there was no uh, no blood flow. That's right. I mean, it is. I, I'm sure the the scientists are just. Uh, it it sounds like a, a blast, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> so that's that's really something. I'm just curious. Is there a? Um, are you seeing a pattern in what how people want to use these uh, technologies? Do they say I want to go back 
to my family home? Do they say I want to go on a walkabout in Australia? Is there is there any kind of patterns that you're noting for people using this? Well, uh, the one thing I would say there is that everyone is different. Um, these folks, these older adults are so beautiful. And they've got such beautiful stories in their lives that it makes our job a little bit more complicated because we have to bring a, a very wide uh, net of content. And, mm -hmm. and that's really what we are. We're a content company. So we've created uh, really the largest catalog of immersive content geared for older adults in the world. Um, this comes through a licensed uh, deal that we've done on an exclusive level with uh, Michael Eisner's uh, company called A Little Star. Um, wonderful group that's aggregated a, a ton of content. And then we've also uh, developed our own studio a group called MindVR Studios, which is actually out there producing wonderful content for seniors uh, on a monthly basis. So our network is always fresh with new content. And that content can range from anything from a virtual trip down uh, Route 66 um, <laughs> <laughs> to, to uh, virtual bread baking in a kitchen where we induce uh, memories by not only the visuals uh, of baking bread, but also the aroma of, of the smell of bread wow. while you're in VR. And you want to see a brain light up uh, with that combo. That's exciting. Oh, I can only imagine as a pandemic bread baker, I can totally <laughs> get that. Oh, it, it, you know, and I hear the passion in your voice, Chris, that, you know, your your talents for technology and the VR, um, you're seeing them really bear fruit in terms of uh, helping humanity. I mean, we are all aging. And, and to hear that this is something that, you know, if we're not doing it, we can look forward to. It's just very optimistic and hopeful. It, it really is a hopeful technology. And we're really at the embryonic stage, I think, from a commercialization aspect. But I think that the tailwinds are so strong right now that the commercialization of this fledgling uh, digital therapeutic industry will really take off here uh, in the next few years. And we're really being driven by the sheer growth and, and demography of, of the older adult population. We want mm -hmm. these folks to age gracefully. Engaging technology is going to help with that a lot. And we think VR can also um, you know, sort of trick the brain in a, in a really positive way and the body uh, to help achieve better outcomes. So, you know, think about it. When, you, when you're in a VR exercise, you're not in those four walls of your senior living community. You're, you're completely in a different place. You're biking on a mountain in the Alps or you are uh. rowing uh, down a river um, uh, gosh, you know, I don't, I don't know, Mississippi River, <laughs> I think is one. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, you know, the, there's just, you take people out of those four walls, you put them in different places, their mind feels at ease and can be guided to do exercise and, and different types of range of motion movements in the therapeutic sense that tie in specifically to physical therapy rehabilitation. So, you know, there's very close linkages here to real healthcare practices. And that's where mm -hmm. we're that's where we're kind of driving, uh, you know, driving the connection with VR and healthcare. Mm -hmm. Wow, um, you know, I have this idea that you know your tagline could be "funnest science ever." 
<laughs> for it just sounds it just sounds so exciting. Do you ever have concerns that people just want to stay in the world of VR and not come back? <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. The tagline uh, discussion is funny. We we've been using a tagline for a few years, um, kind of informally, called "Smiles on Faces." Uh, based on a song that we love uh, by a group called Stick Figure. And it's just uh, amazing how, how the mood can change immediately <laughs> with this technology. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. As as far as people not wanting to come out of <laughs> VR, no, mm-hmm. we don't see that as much. We, we really try to um, confine and focus uh, these sessions to, okay. you know, 15-minute 15, 15 uh, doses of Mind VR. Yeah. And... Uh, and we don't uh, try to overdo it or underdo it, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I can I can see longer journeys in the future, but right now we're pretty focused on shorter doses. It reminds me, and I'm sure this has come up in 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 your meetings with your people. It's like being in the hologram, right? Star Trek hologram. <laughs> is that it, what it is? That what it was called, or am I? It's hol- not a hologram. Holodeck, I think. Deck, maybe? the or, holodeck. Maybe. Yeah. That's what you've really created is the holodeck. I, you know, I, 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 I try to tend to communicate in ways that um, non-Trekkies can understand. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but I can say that um, that is an interesting, interesting analogy for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of what my, like, what I would want to do as the first experience and what I'm thinking, and I don't know if this is in your, in your playlist, but I think it'd be really fun to get a tennis lesson from a pro that you really like. Is that something like those kind of things you talk about bread baking? Can people like do activities or sports with, um, celebrity athletes? Is that a possibility? It, it absolutely is a possibility, and um, the future of AI, when you think about artificial intelligence and machine yeah. learning, and you integrate that into avatars in yes. uh, virtual reality, you could essentially have a celebrity tennis player being a one-on-one coach um, oh, driven by a computer system and software behind the scenes, obviously, but uh, the feeling would be very much immersed on a pickleball court or tennis court yep, yep. and and you're there learning uh and you're talking you might ask questions it might respond and it might shoot oh, you a, shoot you a ball in a certain direction where you're having a problem maybe hitting that uh that backhand um mm-hmm. to, to the back left corner so you know there's yeah. all kinds of activities and then you can measure how, how well somebody does in a tennis session uh and how well they're tracking over time so we can Prove outcomes. I mean, that's all. That's what we're about at Mind VR. I mean, every mm-hmm. piece of content, every solution that we come up with, every application is all designed intentionally to help with a healthcare outcome um, and improve mm-hmm. somebody's well-being. <clears throat> yeah. Oh wow! It's just so much fun. Where can people find out more about Mind VR? And um, I know you gave us. Uh, um, a place to go to uh, support some of the legislation. But what about finding out more? I know you have a a nice website. You have one for individuals and one for facilities. Where can they find you? Well, we're at Mm mindvr.com. It's Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. M-Y-N-D-V-R.com. 
Okay. And uh, we've got quite a bit of information up there. We also have a link to the digitaltherapynow.org initiative. And, okay. Um, there's quite a bit of, of science uh, research uh, links as well if people want to dig in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if, and if anybody um, in your audience would want to uh, bring this to a community in their local communities, uh, that's what we do. Uh, we do a very good job of bringing virtual reality mm-hmm. into communities of 100, 200, 500 people. Um, we train their staffs. Mm-hmm. We, we make it very accessible for families to use when they come in to visit. It's just a it's just a great tool all around for um, for these communities. Mm-hmm. It must feel really good to be at the cutting edge of this, Chris, and knowing what a significant difference you're making. Thank, thank you, Nicole. It's it's interesting after 30 years in business it, to be at the place where you can actually um, be developing and deploying something as meaningful as this uh, is a great a great place to be in in my career. Mm-hmm. Leaving a legacy. Very important for healthy aging, as I'm sure you know. That's right. Chris Brickler, thank you so much for being on the program and uh, telling us all about this new technology. It's so fun to, to hear about, and I know we'll be um, seeing more, more and more coming out as it develops. Thanks so much. Thank you, Nicole. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. If you think decluttering could help you feel better and you could use a little assistance with that, check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer Carrie Luteran. It's called Too Much Stuff. And Too Much Stuff is different from other courses or articles or guidance you may have used. Up. We give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and the tools to help you face the overwhelming feelings and the emotions that come up when we're going through our clutter. And a lot of those emotions are just feeling anxious or guilty or just basically flooded with a lot of different confusing feelings. The course is really practical. It's realistic. The lessons are short and punchy, and they're really manageable. We're not trying to set you up for some long, exploratory, you know, super in-depth, burdensome experience. We want something really helpful for you right now. We all need help with our anxiety. So, Being surrounded by more calm and less chaos can really help. So now's a good time to clear out the clutter so we can focus on what's really important in our lives. So find out more at zestfulaging.com. You'll see more about this under the web courses tab. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email at zestfulaging at gmail.com. Thanks so much. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest.